in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey everyone! Hi, welcome back to the Two White Chicks in China podcast. This is episode one hundred and nineteen. If you're curious about life in China, you've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who is listening to us. We usually just thank everyone who leaves us a review and those people who have left us donations on Patreon. But I know that Nora and I were kind of away for a little while, and so I just want to say thank you to everyone who stuck with us and waited for us while we were faffing about making our video. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that, and also to all of you new listeners、mm-hmm. out there, we really appreciate you finding and downloading, subscribing to us, and we hope you tell people who are also interested in China about. Our show, we would love to continue doing it. So we need your help. <laughs> yes, please share the word. So should I move on to today's fact about China? Yes. All right. You're probably really tired of hearing about Bitcoin and all this blockchain technology. I'm so sick. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if any of you out there are living under a rock. Somewhere, so bit, blockchain is basically just like a digital ledger,、um, which records any kind of financial or economic transactions, and its whole value is in that it gets it's virtually impossible to corrupt. This technology goes way beyond cryptocurrency, and actually, in China, they're using it to help with the fake food production. Oh. So I don't know if you've heard this before, listeners, but there's a lot of fake food that's made in China. In fact, there was something like forty billion dollars were lost last year because of the fake food、wow. channels. Yeah, and I'm talking about they make fake eggs. Right, that's、like、the one I.、Uh, that's the one I've heard of. What What are the foods are they faking? Soy sauce is another big one. Different kinds of oil are big ones. So they're basically、right. like chemically creating、mm. things that appear like food and selling them as food. And it can be extremely dangerous, obviously. And the consumers are really concerned about it. So Alibaba, which is one of these tech giants like Tencent, there's always these battles here between Tencent and Alibaba. They are now. Starting to use blockchain technology to track from the manufacturer to the end consumer the productions of food. So they're trying this out with Anchor. I don't know if you've seen Anchor Butter. Yeah, 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 so it's everywhere in the shops here. It's a New、yeah. Zealand butter company. And they're using them as a pilot, so they're basically tracking the package. So the manufacturers make it, and、mm. then every step of the way is documented,、cool. so that when the consumers have it, they can scan the QR code and they can trace it all the way back、wow. to the source. That's clever. I、yeah, like that. it's really nice. It's really cool. So here's a little quote. I'm getting this from Tech in Asia, which is a really interesting website, by the way. We'll put the link in the show notes, writtenchinese.com/episode 119. Right. So it says, once the item arrives with buyers in China, they scan a special QR code to see the blockchain verified database that shows it's a genuine product. The goal of the program first announced. 
in theory in March 2017 is to use the blockchain database to, and this is a quote, achieve end-to-end -end supply chain traceability and transparency to enhance consumer confidence and build a trusted environment for cross-border trade, said Alibaba in a statement. Alibaba's arch-rival JD has its own blockchain pilot focused on foodstuffs and medicines. That's another good point, by the way. Medicine is also mm. really important. <laughs> to know where the source is coming yeah. from. Companies worldwide are set to double their spending on blockchain technologies in 2018 to US 2.1 billion as the database system finds more and more use cases. That expenditure will rocket to US $9.7 billion in 2021, according to a report from IDC. Blockchain is really, really important here in China. In fact, Bitcoin became like this massive thing in China, and then there's been government regulations against it, but it's a really, really critical issue in the production and consumption of a lot mm. of goods in China. Sounds great. I yeah. Who, I mean, I had no idea that that blockchain could be used for such a thing. Yeah, I cool. think in China they're going to be on the cutting edge of doing this, and I assume that in the West we'll be we'll be copying their technology because I think um, the Western consumers are going to want to us copying China. I know. What's the world going to? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So keep your eye on that. It's really fascinating. Actually, the applications of blockchain are. If, basically endless so mm. it's really fascinating now more and more people are aware of it and can see the value and what it does and it's just going to be really interesting to see how it's used in different industries absolutely from technology to something rather disgusting again and <laughs> you're all gonna you're all probably wondering if there's something wrong with me there isn't uh this is just a really interesting topic Again, I'm on the roaches. Several episodes ago, I think it was episode 116, I told you about a company that were breeding cockroaches um, for AI purposes. This is a little bit different. This is actually, this farmer is actually using 300 million American cockroaches to eat food waste. Hmm. Yeah. As I said, you probably think there's something wrong with me, but the fact is that in China, roaches are everywhere. And it sounds really gross, but it doesn't matter whether you live in a six-floor walk-up apartment or in a really posh part of town. There are roaches. Like, it's not really necessarily to do with how dirty an area is, although obviously there's going to be more if it's kind of gross. It's just a, something we live with, big and small. They're all They're everywhere. So this is just like interesting that they're actually using cockroaches for good things <laughs> and why american cockroaches i don't know i didn't they say eat better than the chinese ones yeah it, it doesn't they actually eat more it doesn't actually oh <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually say why they're using american ones but the farmer said quote these cockroaches are not afraid of anything soft hard sour sweet bitter or spicy <laughs> <laughs> um, and it said China ge generates at least 60 million tons of kitchen waste annually, and most of it is processed through fermentation, an expensive, inefficient system that pollutes the environment. Uh, and so this farmer is using cockroaches as an alternative, non-polluting way of disposing of food waste. So at the moment he has 300 tons, but he plans to expand to a total of 4,000 tons. I'm curious to know what the time frame is. Like, how long does it take the average cockroach or group of cockroaches to go through an apple yeah. or something? You know, like, how long does it actually take them to get rid of the waste? Yeah, unfortunately, the article doesn't go into that. But I heard that they can live off very little. 
So I'm not sure how much they can actually eat. Yeah, I heard they can live off a thumbprint yeah, for that's like it. two that's weeks it, yeah. or something crazy like that. I don't know if that's something that's been exaggerated, but they definitely, they're survivalists for sure. I started smashing the little ones with my bare hands. That's the <laughs> how sign. How little are we talking? The little bitty ones. The teeny the ones. Teeny yeah, ones. me too. I'll smash them with my yeah, fingers I'll do that now. if I see one. I remember the <laughs> cleaning, like our cleaning lady used to do that and me being totally like Grossed disgusted out. by yeah. that, but now I'm doing it myself. Like, oh, there's one. Just smack it with the, get it with my thumb or something. <laughs> if, if actually, if, if you're good at maths, I know you better than I am. Or if anyone out there is good at maths, it says that, um, 4,000 tons of roaches <laughs> will be able to process 200 tons of food waste. That really doesn't seem like a lot, does it? No. That's a heck of a lot of roach against 4,000 tons versus 200 tons. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that does not add up. <laughs> it's an interesting concept. Yeah. It doesn't seem like these guys can... Even the American ones can't eat that much. <laughs> and, like, with food... If this is food scraps, so this is obviously stuff, like, that you can eat... Can we, aren't we? Maybe you're not allowed to do it anymore. But back in the day, like people would feed their animal, like livestock food scraps. So you're not allowed to do that anymore. Well, I don't know if, if it's a farm. Maybe you can't give them just any old waste. But rats would probably enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually, before we we move on to our question today, which is a very interesting question, we had some messages from Matthew Long and. So he's been listening to our podcast and he, he's made some comments and given us some feedback on the last few episodes that we've had of the podcast. And so we were talking some time back about how there are five five things that a man should have, like that he has like five aspirations in life and one of those things is to buy a house. And you mentioned in one of your uh, facts about China how many, there was a disproportionate amount of people in China, young people in China who have houses compared with in the west right and so he was saying one of the reasons why young people buy houses young is that they need to do it in order to have a relationship because a woman basically is not going to be interested in him if he doesn't have a house and that if there's no house then he has no advantage against all the other men <laughs> which is very interesting they're very pragmatic, pragmatic yeah and uh, also on the on our I had a news article about the renter boyfriend thing in the malls. He's not sure if that's actually true or not because he said he's only ever seen it like online and it seems to be one of those things that's just in the news and never in reality. Like mm. you can never actually see it in your neck of the woods. <laughs> I mean, it does sound good, too good to be true. Does, remember, it was like 1 yuan for half an hour or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Which is the same price as, we were laughing, the same price as the ride-sharing bike company Mobike. Right. <laughs> so you could literally rent a bicycle. It's the same price as a bike. And that's to rent a human. <laughs> oh, dear me. And his last couple of points are on, about our cure-all episode. And he said that chicken soup is also a thing in China. Um, and it's often given to women who've just given birth. And also that... We didn't mention ginger soup, which was something he was given when he was a kid. Uh, ginger soup is a big cure-all. Like, if you have a stomachache or a cold, you'll often have ginger soup. Oh, in nice. China. Well, thanks, Matthew, for your yeah. insights. Yeah, I'm sure also in other parts of China they have different... I think so. Even within one province, I'm sure there's tons of different traditions that right. have come out, that people have cure-alls for different things. It's not definitely not super homogenous but that's yeah. awesome thanks for sharing your experiences mm -hmm. yeah uh so 
Our question today comes from Davin, who we actually met. So he, he asked us this question in person. And we, yeah, Nora and I met uh, Davin and his fiancée, Laurel. And he asked us, why are Chinese men so handsy? <laughs> or why are they so comfortable with physical touching between each other? And the reason he asked us this was because he actually works for a Chinese company. And he said one of his colleagues had kind of given him like had touched his leg or something or given him a leg massage and he thought that was quite peculiar because in the West like would you would never do that to another man. So <laughs> he wants to know what we think about that. Yeah. Well I had no idea how to answer this question being female. I haven't really seen that that much at our company. I mean our company is mostly men, mostly is these software programmers. And they're geeks. And they are. <laughs> so I don't it's really a bit see, different. Yeah, I don't see them being super affectionate with, with each other. I we mean, don't talk to each other, for goodness sake. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> they're very kind of in their own worlds. Um, but personally, when I was living in Sichuan province, when I was living near Chengdu, the women there would often link their arm in my arm when I was walking down the street or yeah. they're just very like they'd like to sit basically right on you and I tolerated it but I really did not it's not my thing to right. do that but here in southern China I haven't seen that as I haven't seen it as much you sometimes see people walking down the street yeah they, I've experienced it as well like being linked the link it's more linking the linking not like holding hands although I have seen hand-holding between girls. Yeah, the linking thing just seem something that people do here. Mm -hmm. And especially when it's like a busy sidewalk, people are all getting off of work, and there'll be like four people linked <laughs> right. together all trying to walk down the sidewalk <laughs> at once and just plowing into anyone else who's coming the other direction. <laughs> they don't care. I always found it super awkward, and I do not enjoy that much at all no it's very it's kind of awkward because you never just know what to do with yourself <laughs> your arm's just there like, oh, it's, it's kind of awkward <laughs> yeah uh yeah so like you i really didn't know how to answer this question either but i i kind of did, did a little bit of research but the information i found was mostly on like hugging and that kind of thing and we've talked a bit about how Hugging is definitely not a thing in China. Even handshaking. I mean, it's becoming more as the, you know, yeah. more and more people are exposed to Western culture and they know about handshaking, but it's very obvious that it's not a common habit because a lot of the times when you shake a Chinese person's hand who's not been exposed to Western culture very much, it's also really awkward. Yeah, because I, I, I always thought, you know, when you shake a hand here, the hand is often... It's as though they're not quite sure how to shake your hand. And it's quite... It's very, like, flimsy. Yeah, it's quite limp. But actually what I read... <laughs> sorry. What I read was that this is actually a sign of respect. Oh, like this, really? Yeah, this limp kind of handshake. Sorry, again. But it is. <laughs> it's very gentle and soft and quite... Not really a handshake. It's just like I'm putting my hand against yours and sort of, grip, like, gently gripping it, but I'm not doing anything like I like a firm handshake yeah, yeah. I'm the same you need a good firm yeah. quick and out of there too. Yeah, no yeah, lingering that's and, and that's another thing lingering gentle handshakes are, are like a although as you say it's not a cultural norm here that's they think that's like a sign of respect hmm 
Yeah. But I, I only found that on one sauce, so I'm not sure if that's 100%. I wonder where they got that idea. Yeah, I don't know. So I found this really interesting article on the Sixth Tone, which is one of my favorite places to find very interesting articles about China. And this was actually written originally in Chinese by Yang Chunmei. And the article is called Why Chinese Have Been So Slow to Embrace the Hug. And the author said that she was 50 years old before she first hugged her mother, who was 80. So even within fam- in, in families, they don't do hugging. It's just not it's just not the done thing. And she said now, in the modern day, you, you, we're starting to see young people hugging and kissing in public. But once they're married, physical affection seems to stop completely. I didn't know that. I mean, obviously, other than for procreation, which they're going to be doing because... They want to have a kid. This idea of like holding hands and and just you know like a a comforting touch on the shoulder or something you know as you do that's just not done in Chinese couples, especially once they're married, huh. which I found very very interesting. And so one of the reasons why this idea, especially touching between men and women, which I feel like connects to where I've gone with my answering Davin's question, actually, it goes back to traditional ideals of propriety, which are like thousands of years old. These philosophers said that the only time you should touch a woman was if she was about to drown in a river. <laughs> like, that's the only time. Like, you touch a woman when you're going to, like, get her out of a river. Like, that's the only time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, right? <laughs> Furthermore, I found, like, really interesting ideas about how the reason why men and women should not hug or touch is just in case there's some sort of you feel something towards them. Mm. So, you, you know I mean, if a man and woman hug, oh my God, you, you might you might get a feeling like a, you know, a feeling of passion and whoa, you can't be doing that. Like that's <sighs> definitely, no, no, no. And uh, according to like, Chinese culture, if you touch like between men and women, that kind of suggests that you like them, like fancy them. You uh-huh. know, you can't, I, I guess the uh, in Chinese culture, men and women can't really be friends, I think. Yeah, but it's interesting that, that it's also the same way between couples who are, you know, if you're married, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. your families have accepted yeah. the union and, mm-hmm. and whatnot in society sees that as a healthy thing, but they still don't physically interact yeah. between each other. Yeah, it is really interesting. And so my, when I've read these articles, to answer Davin's question, I'm thinking the reason why men are comfortable with each other like that is basically they want to show some sort of affection. But since it's not socially acceptable to do it with women, well, then why not like just be comfortable with each other? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing sexual about it. It's it's completely platonic, as far as I can see. They're just friends. Yeah. So you're thinking it's like the repression because it's more conservative society that repressed sexual energy kind of goes into other channels yeah let's say that Mm. but also i think just they're very we've talked in the past about how people are not really concerned about uh, whilst uh being gay isn't like exactly socially accepted in the country people are not really bothered about people who are gay you know i mean they're not like there's no i don't feel like there's that much homophobia so to speak Mm -hmm. so being comfortable with each other, especially with men, no one's going to accuse them of doing anything wrong. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I always feel like in the West, men don't touch each other because, oh, you know, you know, you never know what someone's going to say about you if you do, even if it's completely friendly. Definitely. Actually, that brings me to, so I wasn't sure how to answer this question. And instead of doing research online, which I probably should have done, I just went around and asked some people who I know, men who yeah. have been foreign men who have been living in China for several years. So this one ties into what a friend of mine, Marshall, said. And I'm going to play his answer for you. I asked him on WeChat, so I've got his answer recorded here. Cool. And it kind of ties in to what you're saying. Oh. So just a minute. Hey, Nora. That's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, Chinese people are fairly passive in general, so I don't think they have that kind of like macho, you know, this and that. So maybe that's a little bit of it. And, uh, and I just don't think they have uh, like the homophobia like a lot of Western guys do uh, for whatever reason. So I think uh, when you're when you're not as like uh, macho and you're uh, and you're uh, not homophobic, uh, I don't know. People just have closer relationships in China in many ways. Well, thank you, Marshall. I'm sorry I interrupted your meeting in Dubai <laughs> to ask you this question. <laughs> it was quite an important question. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with him that it's not. And like what you're saying, Holly, it's not that much of a thing here. People aren't really as... I mean, it's socially less acceptable to be gay in China than, say, in the U.S. in most places. But the whole topic of homosexuality, I think, isn't quite as hot of a topic as in the States or in the West. I also was thinking about different countries in Asia and actually in the Middle East as well because like you're saying also about, oh, maybe because it's not very acceptable for people to physically interact with the opposite sex Mm -hmm. in public. So I thought about my experiences traveling in other countries where there was a similar kind of code of ethics. Um, And in the Middle East in particular, I did see this quite a lot. In Jordan, in Egypt, you see a lot of men linking arms, holding hands. They kiss each other, not on the lips, but they kiss each other on the cheeks. Mm. Um, So they're very physically affectionate with each other. And in these cultures, obviously, homosexuality is... A crime, you know, like punishable crime, but this kind of behavior is totally acceptable and is not really linked to sexuality at all. It's just kind of a display of affection. And I'm thinking my theory would also be that it's because people need human interaction, like people need the touch of other humans. And if you can't get that in a socially acceptable way with the opposite sex, then you just naturally kind of find it with your friends in a non-sexual way. Yeah, and to go back to, like, Davin's question or his situation, I think that probably is not completely usual for a just a colleague to to give you a like massage but i assume it's because he felt comfortable like and he obviously considers davin like a friend or or someone he feels comfortable with which i think is what it is <laughs> yeah i agree i think um and actually why maybe i can just read out the responses that i collected mm. from these different friends of mine just to to kind of get a balance because because like you're saying it's not everybody who's doing this no. and also it's not like no random person would come up to a stranger and start doing that to them here in China. I think in places like India, Pakistan, and the Middle East, I think they're definitely more familiar with strangers in that way, men on men. Right. Um, But I think in China, they're way more sensitive. They, They will wait until they're comfortable before they would do that kind of interaction. It wouldn't just all of a sudden somebody's like misgiving you a massage or something like that. 
And so just looking over some of the answers that I got. So some of these are um, recorded voice and some of these are written. So I asked another friend and he said, sure, they are dot 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 strange. They, the way they touch each other is also strange for me hugging and walking down the street. And yes, with regards to me, not only touching, sometimes they touch my butt. That is definitely embarrassing. Um, and this person also has worked in the Philippines, and he says in the Philippines they, they're really like that, and it seems like they're even more comfortable with guy-on-guy physical interaction. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, but then I asked another friend of mine who has worked in Hong Kong, Shenzhen, and Japan, because I was curious, like, what are his experiences between the three countries? Mm. And he said he's never had any experiences like that. Right. Yeah. He's an architect, so I don't know if some fields are different than other fields. Like some fields are more formal, so you wouldn't do that. I don't know. But he said he's never had that experience, but he did tell me the story of when he went to a Japanese bathhouse with an Iranian friend of his. And I guess his Iranian friend had a lot of hair on his body. And the Japanese men were all just really fascinated and, like, came over and were kind of, like, poking at him and inspecting him to see, like, what's going on with this bear. Like, why is there a bear in this bathhouse? (laughs) They're just not used to seeing, like, super, super hairy men. (laughs) Oh, one of my friends I thought had some really interesting insights. This is Philip. He's from Serbia. And let me play you what he said. Hey, Nora. So, like, not as affectionate as, for example, Mediterraneans, but not not as un- physically unaffectionate as as Westerners. I find them physically less less affectionate than than, for example, South Europeans, Southeastern Europeans. Uh, but once they once they see you, or you have no issues with like being physically affectionate, then they get it all. Then they accept it all right. Uh, contrary to, for example, Westerners, who can be like frightened, feel, feel spooky, and stuff. That's like how I see it. They're like a bit defensive when when you meet them, but after a few times, if they see you have no, I mean, if you hug them or shake hands or stuff like that, they start doing the same very easily. On contrary to the Westerners, who like you, you can feel they're uncomfortable with that. They find it weird. So it's like something in the middle. That, that's how I figured it out with them. It's interesting what Philip said about if you were to hug them or shake their hand once, they'll become comfortable with it, so they'll do it again. They'll do it with you. And I, I, I would agree with that. But that goes that goes back to the herd mentality, you know, the follow, following and... To be, I think being comfortable with each other in Chinese society is to sort of, if everyone's doing it well, then I'll do it too. Mm-hmm. I think they really like the rituals too. I also mm. have had similar experiences where, for example, I have a Chinese friend who is generally, she's she's very, very traditional person. And so she's very stiff. Mm-hmm. So she's one of these people where hugging her is really, really awkward. But one time I remember, I don't remember the exact situation, but... We had had a good day, and then, like, we were leaving each other, and, like, we just had had a good time together, and I just, like, gave her a kiss on the cheek. I, like, hugged her, and yeah. I gave her a kiss on the cheek to express my emotions at yeah, the time. Sure. But now, every time I see her, she, like, comes she in for the it. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Like, so now I know when I see her, I'm yeah. always like, hey, and I, like, give her a kiss on the cheek. But, um... 
I think they they prefer、mm. to know. I tend to express my emotions in the moment, so sometimes I hug, sometimes I high five, sometimes I handshake. <laughs> you know, like it's whatever I feel. But I think with Chinese people, they respond、mm. really well to a more ritualized greeting. Yeah. So if they meet somebody and they're not really sure, like I think I make them really uncomfortable sometimes because they're not really <laughs> sure. Like, do I give them a handshake? Do I hug them? Do I give a kiss on the cheek? <laughs> I totally understand that fear. I- I'm very much like that as well. Like I know, depending on the person, how the way that we usually greet each other. And、uh, I, I just like to stick with that. It's just because I get the fear if I'm going to meet new people. I'm always like, oh, how's this going to be? If if the say for example if they're from the UK, I know I'm going to just give them a, a, a handshake. That's that's fine. But if it's people from the rest of the world, I'm like, oh no, how what what do I do? Like, well, how are we going to greet each other? It, it's really uncomfortable yeah, for me. Yeah, you're really funny because you're like the most conserv of our group of friends. You're like the most conservative physically, I think, and everybody.、Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of Eastern European,、uh. Southern European friends. So there's a lot of like Holly's just rolling her eyes now because she's she like. She's not used to doing this like kissy kissy, super and, affectionate, and it's totally cool. Like I don't have a problem with it. It just I get like nervous before it's gonna happen, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what if I do it wrong? Like, oh, and I just, you know how you know how Chandler Bing from Friends gets gets afraid of his smile. Like, not he he gets so worked up that the smile is gone. Like, and he looks like a weirdo. I do that too, but also I work myself <laughs> so much up with the greeting, like. Are we gonna sh- are we gonna shake hands? Are we gonna hug? Are we gonna do the kissing thing? And I get so worked up about it that it's just totally ruined, and I mess it up, and I get so awkward and embarrassed, and it's just awful. <laughs> so if you ever、it's- meet me, just give me a, just just give me a handshake, and then maybe when we leave, maybe I'll I'll get to know you, and then I'll give you a hug. I'm okay with hugs. It's just the you know I'm just not quite sure what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny! You spend so much time thinking about something that I would never really think、yeah. about. Like whatever happens in the moment, I'm like, okay, I can usually gauge, you know, what、mm. another person's gonna do. Because,、yeah. but even within our, so it's not like a standard thing with the Eastern Europeans. You know, a lot of them do kiss on the cheek, but some of them it's like one kiss, some of it's two,、right. some of it's three, and it's not three. always. Three is just too. That's excessive. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think with Chinese people, if they are used to you and、yeah. they've done it before, they're、right. very happy. A lot of times to participate, some of them are more conservative,、mm-hmm. and you can tell they're uncomfortable no matter what. But、um, a lot of them seem to be very eager, eager to participate in that ritual as long as they understand what it is. But they have a hard time when the ritual changes, when it's not like something that's set in stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I asked one more person, Ivan, and he said he had he's worked in a Chinese company for several years now, and he's one of the only foreigners, if not the only foreigner, in his office.、Mm. And he said I've never had some a situation where someone's touching my knee. He said maybe friendly tapping on the shoulder. I had that many times in a form of saying hi. But he said between Chinese coworkers, they do it to each other, but not in a perverted way. More like when we hug、yeah. in the Balkans. So he's also from. The Balkans, Eastern Europe, Southern Europe. So it's a mixed bag. Like some people seem to have a lot of experience with this, and other people were like, "No, this never happens." Like my husband, he's had, he's been propositioned by gay men before、oh. in China, which is few and far between, but it's happened, um, and in Hong Kong as well.、Mm. But he's never had platonic man-on-man 
handsy action before. Yeah. And he's been in China for 10 years. So yeah. I think it's also the aura. Uh, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, like people who, if Chinese people feel really comfortable around you. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're more apt to, to display this kind of affection. Yeah, I agree. So shall we have a Chinese word of the day? Yeah, please. Okay, so this one is a word for PDA. <laughs> cool. Um, had Champson's help on this one. So to say PDA in Chinese, it's xiu en ai. So I kind of like this because if you know the word I love, it kind of to me sounds like, because xiu means it's a loan word for show, like to show, like TV show. It means it means like graceful or blah, 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 but it's usually used for show, like for a show. Yeah. So it's show and I. So to me, it reminds me of like show and tell or like show and love or something like that. Mm. Actually just means, actually means like kindness or grace or like favor. So show and I, it means to show your mutual love yeah. for somebody else. And it can also be used for when people post like sweet pictures of their significant others <laughs> online, which happens all the time. You see these yeah. girls and guys all over the place posing for these romantic photos and then they use these really flowery heart-shaped frames and stick little butterflies mm -hmm. all over and then post them on their WeChat moments. So it's very popular for people to do that. So that is show and I. Cool. Well, I will link to our dictionary so that you can learn those those characters. And if you want, you can add the word to your flashcards if you've got a written Chinese account in our dictionary. And then you can study them in the written Chinese dictionary app. The download links for Android and iOS will be in our show notes, which will be at writtenchinese.com slash episode 119, as will all the other resources and our news posts that we've mentioned today. Please send us a voicemail if you have a question about any aspect of life in China, writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. We're waiting for you. We're running out of questions. We need you. And if you just want to say hi, you can go to facebook.com slash two white chicks and the two is TW or you can, you know, just say hi or give us some feedback or give us any comments on any of our episodes. It's always appreciated. Ooh, and any of you who have had any experiences oh, yeah. in China related to this week's topic or any of the other topics, please drop them in the show notes. There's a comment section there. And it's really cool. We've had listeners giving some great feedback on their experiences. So check those out and leave your comments and stories. It's really fun to see what other people have experienced here in China. That's it for this week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.